with Guantanamera. Sound Assembly did BMT, the Dodos did Small Deaths, and Deerhoof did Chandelier, Searchlight. And that's been this half hour here on WCBN. Stay tuned for Grey Matters coming right up, like in a second. Hello, I'm here to see the apartment. Boy, this place is nice. Hi there. Oh my goodness, he's black. How many square feet is it? Oh, it's perfect. Look at that natural light. It's a thousand. I can't rent to him. He probably doesn't even have a job. Uh, what kind of deposit will you need? I can't wait to move in. Actually, well... <sighs> Go ahead, say it. He'll never know. Is, is something wrong? What's going on here? <laughs> oh my, I forgot. This apartment's been rented. There. That wasn't so bad. It has. Why are you showing it to me then? She's totally lying. I don't believe this. I'm terribly sorry. My mistake. That was easy. He'll never know. Housing discrimination is illegal. If you think you've been a victim because of your race, color, national origin, sex, religion, disability, or family status, call 800-669-9777 or visit fairhousinglaw.org. Fair housing. It's not an option. It's the law. Brought to you by HUD, the Ad Council, and LCCREF. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Well, it's cold out there, but it's just sort of normal winter weather. I think the real Arctic blast is behind us at least for a little while. Yeah, it's supposed to be this cold in January. Yeah, people seem to forget this. Instead, we get sarcastic uh, comments about... Uh, climate change and global warming well from what I heard about what's going on in China by the way <laughs> it's the last thing they want to hear about as well because apparently uh, Beijing is uh, gotten some of the heaviest snow in uh, 50 years and uh, that of course is uh, par for the course we always have modifications in air systems and of course the jet stream is more important now than the prevailing westerlies well anyway Brain damage award out to the uh, hysteria about this uh, attempted bombing by this moron from Nigeria. Obviously, things didn't go perfectly uh, to contradict uh, Homeland Security Secretary uh, Ms. Napolitano, but um, well, let's face it, there have been 16 million flights, I think I heard, since 9-11. There have been no bombings, two attempts. But the coverage of the media over this uh, event uh, is in greatly in excess of, for instance, the people that died in a uh, train accident a couple months ago in the Los Angeles area. Mm. That was the result of the engineer text messaging. Right. I think it was, you know, 100 people seriously injured, 25 people dead. Um, the airline industry is overcovered by the media. And the hysteria associated with it is exactly why airlines are targets. Well, and of course, the timing of it on uh, the biggest, you know, travel holiday of the year, that's probably a legitimate story angle. But uh, there's really not much else going on story-wise. And so I didn't even talk about it last week, really, because I had other clippings I wanted sure. to get to. But uh, And facts were still being unveiled. Right. Uh, the public knew. Always a good idea to wait for that to happen before you start reporting. 
But, of course, the Republican Party over the holidays uh, didn't bother waiting for facts. They jumped on the bandwagon and immediately began pointing fingers and getting involved in the blame, blame game. And for Peter Hoekstra, who's going to be running for governor uh, here in the state of Michigan uh, to uh, utilize a fundraiser, uh, a fundraising letter in conjunction with this event is really fairly despicable. And uh, Dick Cheney uh, attacked the president the other day, uh, claiming that he doesn't think we're at war. <laughs> yeah, I think the Cheney is quoted as saying that uh, Obama's trying to pretend we're not at war. Uh, and further suggested that Obama was, quote, wrong to let the suspects lawyer up. That's Bush speak, for one thing. So to hear Cheney say the phrase, lawyer up, I mean, uh, one hardly knows where to begin. Well, and never mind that, of course, the facts showed that Richard Reed, uh, the shoe bomber involved in the other similar uh, sort of attack involving plastic explosives um, was, quote, lawyered up. He was tried in a uh, federal court. He pled guilty, and he's uh, spending the rest of his life in jail in a maximum security uh, prison out there in Buffalo land, uh, Colorado. As an attempted violent criminal yeah. should be. Exactly. And so the question of are we or are we not a nation of laws is, again, something that Dick Cheney stumbles with out of the gate. I mean, and rather, clearly he saw himself as a law above the law. Yeah, and rather touching to hear that this uh, suspect uh, enjoyed McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, I wonder if they serve that in the pokey. But it's going to be more than 30 days in the hole for this guy. And uh, I think we should all be thankful that it didn't succeed. Ramping up security strikes me and reassessing things is, is fine. But to create this hysteria that the media and some politicians have been engaged in. Well, of course, I wondered, why Detroit? Was, was this random? You know, is there any reason behind? Uh, clearly, it's not the uh, industrial powerhouse that it once was. Well, I think it's the symbol symbolism. Let's remember Amsterdam is involved here. Um, Al-Qaeda has a, a particular... Uh, phobia and uh, focus on uh, Western decadence in Amsterdam, of course. Well, possibly. Uh, is, is perceived, anyway, to be a, uh, shall we say, a uh, cocoon of uh, Western decadence. Uh, Detroit, of course, well known. I think the fact that he's from Nigeria is also um, not uh, to be dismissed as a symbolic act. He's yeah. from the continent of Africa. Uh, obviously uh, a troubled individual in many ways. And as for the facts about Obama not uh, believing that we're at war, uh, Mr. Cheney needs to look at the facts. It's interesting that in yesterday's New York Times, they have a states of conflict and update uh, with charts showing uh, progress and regress in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Things have noticeably improved in Iraq. Uh, and just for the record, when Bush was still president uh, uh, back in November 2008, there were uh, 33,000 more troops in Iraq than there currently are as of November 2009. So Obama has withdrawn troops there. Interestingly, that's viewed as a sign of progress. And indeed, all of the 
you know, the, the, the data that they show, electricity production, telephone use. Uh, Signs of normal, stable yeah. living. Thing, things are improving. Um, and they have improved in Afghanistan, ironically, in, in uh, some ways. Um, and uh, once again, I saw the paltry uh, troop uh, presence in Afghanistan during most of the Bush presidency. Obama has increased the number of uh, American troops in Afghanistan, more than doubling the number. Uh, for it's currently at 68,000, and needless to say, there are more on the way compared to 32,000 back uh, in the final months of the Bush presidency. Needless to say, the area where things have deteriorated are, is Pakistan. And that, of course, means trouble uh, in the future. Pakistan is a much more dangerous uh, entity um, for a variety of reasons. It's, you know, it's a connection to the uh, uh, Indian situation. It's nuclear power. It's got 150 to 170 million people. It, uh, has a crumbling economy. Its uh, inflation is going way up. Its uh, spending on education, for instance, is uh, pretty much uh, stable with an increasing population, which means it's down. And uh, needless to say, al-Qaeda gets some of the recruits in Pakistan. This is where these people are brainwashed uh, to commit suicide bombings. And I think it was important to realize that even a CIA official um, pointed out that it's very difficult to find recruits who are willing to commit suicide. <laughs> that is not an endless supply of, uh, of, of human beings. So let's uh, take a step back. Let's, uh, and and oh, also, for the record, Amsterdam had body screen screening equipment in place in the airports there. I don't know whether body screening, by the way, would have pre pre prevented this because... I'm, uh, that's still a little unclear to me from a technical perspective, but it was actually the Bush administration that requested <laughs> that it be taken taken out and not used. So go figure. <laughs> and of course, the Yemen, uh, the Yemenis organization in which this guy seems to be uh, sort of loosely affiliated with, um, were terrorists released by President Bush. They were allowed to return to Saudi Arabia and uh, apparently went underwent art therapy as part of their calming influence concept of, I, and this is something that must come out of the CIA, <laughs> brainwashing in the opposite direction. We're going to deprogram. Yeah, it sounds like a James Jesus Angleton project, if yeah. ever there was one. Exactly. Well, I guess if anything has come out of this, it's a sort of a, a light shined in the direction of Yemen, which is a country that's had problems and serious problems for a while. For a long time. But it's always sort of been off the radar. Of course, it was only unified into one country. It, it had been North and South Yemen for decades mm -hmm. uh, before it was finally uh, united as one country, I think, in the uh, 80s. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because uh, the omission of that fact from all of the pundits uh, doing analysis of it, I, I think it's striking because Yemen, of course, North and South Yemen, were part of the Cold War. Indeed, um, yeah. And it was the United States that, unlike Korea, supported North Yemen, which, of course, abutted Saudi Arabia. And South Yemen uh, was uh, supposedly a Marxist state. Uh, but obviously, Yemen is a 
a nation with uh, further problems and uh, brain damage award to Joe Lieberman for sort of blithely and sort of almost implying that we should get involved in another war <laughs> in Yemen. Yeah, that would just be great. Um, it's uh, got two actual rebellions going on. There's a rebellion in the north and a secessionist movement in the south. Yeah. So these old lines uh, are hard to resolve. Interestingly, uh, this... And the NRA should love Yemen. It uh, apparently has a uh, gun ownership rate of three weapons per individual. Well armed. Well, they're probably better armed than they are supplied with potable water yeah. and regular electricity. And what that in actuality means, in all seriousness, is that some people are heavily armed and essentially have private armies. Uh, I mean, yeah. the average person is not really packing, uh, because the average person in Yemen is living on $2 or less a day. Yeah, it's uh, incredibly poor. It has both declining water and uh, oil with a rising population. And when you discover that their second biggest export is cot, which, of course, is a sort of oh, right. um, vicarious form of coca leaf that is uh, used extensively in uh, uh, the Muslim culture in East Africa and mm -hmm. uh, um, the uh, Arab nations as sort of a... Uh, quote-unquote stimulant. You chew the leaves, you get a buzz. It's like juicy fruit with a little bit extra juicy and fruit, I guess, too. Little, yeah, a little less fruity, apparently. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about ah. it, but uh, apparently it's kind of bitter. Well, it's... Uh, Sounds like sort of like chewing on coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably not great for the teeth, either. Wonder how... Uh, what four out of five uh, East African dentists recommend regarding cot. But it is frustrating to see London and Washington's response to this, you know, realization that, oh, dear, Yemen's going to require attention, too, is first drawn to counterterrorism efforts. Mm -hmm. We've got to help Yemen help us fight what we think is terrorism. And that's the completely wrong approach. I mean, that's, that's just wrong-footed from, from the get-go. Well, and, and, and I'm not surprised that Lieberman is at the forefront of that. Yeah, and its comparisons to uh, to Iraq are, are, I mean, to Afghanistan, excuse me, are, are remarkable. I mean, it's a sort of a tribal society, a weak central government, all sorts of problems with insurgencies and secessionist movements, like you say. Cash uh, is, is often brought in to lure people over to one side. Um, even teachers are brought in because, you know, the... I think they're the Al-Qaeda of the Arab Peninsula is the acronym that's being generated in English, the group that's claimed an affiliation with the uh, attempted bomber uh, in Detroit. Um, they know that there are economic concerns, uh, and it's a recruitment tool. Well, I wonder if Joe Lieberman advocates bombing uh, cell phone companies, <laughs> the text messages that are on danger. And, of course, you know, just today there was an unfortunate event out in... Uh, Nevada involving a uh, guns and you know a sh massive shooting at a federal courthouse that has apparently screening equipment. Somebody got a gun in somehow. How? Why? Who knows? So uh, technology as the fail-safe uh, concept in, in all of this is just yeah. fallible and. Uh, Obviously, uh, you know, this idea that Obama failed to pr 
connect the dots. That was one of the great uh, metaphors that I, I heard repeatedly from critics of Obama in the media over the last week. It's kind of silly. It's uh, not Obama's job to connect dots. Uh, it is the job of intelligence officials to connect dots and to share information, but these continuing problems with these fiefdoms uh, in the uh, intelligence bureaucracy that yeah. is striking me as almost becoming a morass of stovepipes, uh, to uh, use a phrase from the 9-11 Commission report, is troubling indeed, and uh, hopefully there will be reforms. But it sounds like it's many of the Bush reforms, quote-unquote, that are at the heart of the matter. And uh, while there is certainly more facts will be <laughs> revealed over time here shortly, I don't think the Obama administration is going to um, use subterfuge and uh, refusal to cooperate. Remember that George Bush didn't want any investigation into 9-11, and it took years, I mean years literally, and we were already well embedded into a war in Iraq involving, as we've pointed out, a trillion dollars of our uh, resources here in America and the blood of thousands of people uh, and millions of Iraqis. I mean, that's the tragedy of these war solutions is they don't solve these problems. They exacerbate them. So, Yeah, it's astonishing when you think back and uh, realize that, that, that George W. Bush was actively opposed to an investigation mm -hmm. of 9-11. It's, it's truly mind-boggling. And uh, But, of course, since he'd been on vacation for 42% of his presidency before 9-11, yeah. um, the famous uh, Harper's Index item that he was, he'd spent 42% of his time either on vacation going to vacation or coming from vacation. You know, it's interesting. There's been some, some criticism of Obama, f f you know, for staying in Hawaii. But I'd like to point out that uh, when Obama was on vacation this summer uh, at Martha's Vineyard, that vacation lasted about one day because uh, Ted oh, Kennedy died. cut short by the funeral, yeah. He had to come back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's, let's give the guy a little bit of uh, a break here. Let's quit the hysteria and let's uh, return to sanity. But uh, in the United States of America, that may be difficult. Indeed. Well, we have so many <coughs> raving lunatics. And so much empty news, really. Um, very active week in Iran uh, the last couple of weeks. And there's, of course, been an expanded uh, number of arrests going back to the 21st of uh, December when the... Uh, funeral for Grand Ayatollah Montazeri, uh, the senior of the so-called dissident clerics, uh, was buried. This was, of course, a big blow to that movement. Uh, not that there was any foul play suggested or anything, but it just sort of creates a vacuum in that, you know, highly charged uh, clerical set out of the uh, seminaries in Qom. And then, let me find my clipping here. Um, Recent uh, arrests, for example, of Ebrahim Yazdi, who is a 78-year-old intellectual uh, former foreign minister of the first revolutionary government of Iran, but who, of course, later fell out of favor when he clashed with the uh, Ayatollah Khomeini over clerical rule in uh, law. <coughs> but uh, so the uh, Iranian government is rounding up octogenarian 
intellectual. Uh, this guy's basically uh, bedridden much of the time, and yet he's been arrested uh, to prevent his sort of intellectual support for the ongoing street uh, rallies, which, of course, were in full force during the religious festival. And this is clearly a regime that uh, has lost lost grip. I mean, it's pretty much over for them. It's on, it's on fawn legs. It's about yeah. to collapse. And, you know, to, to give the Obama administration some device, uh, advice, step aside, let it happen. Don't get your fingerprints or your, your rhetorical handprints on uh, this uh, inevitability here because I think uh, we've seen over, over the history of, of political history, by the way, the famous uh, Crane-Britain theory about revolution and counter-revolution where revolutions tend to uh, overreach, exceed themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, they engage in reigns of terror such as the French Revolution or... Uh, the Stalinist purges of the, of the 30s in which he effectively, uh, thanks to uh, German, uh, some German uh, double agents double agents and uh, spycraft uh, convinced Stalin that there was a massive plot underway and he effectively killed off uh, a third of his uh, officer corps and most of the actual communists that existed uh, in the Soviet Union and in the, in the infamous purges that sort of occurred between 36 and 38. I've been reading quite a lot about that, ironically, over the holidays because I've been sort of brushing up on my um, Alger Hiss Whitaker Chambers spy, uh, spy gate from the uh, 1948 election. Interestingly, by the way, there is a movie on Turner Movie Classics tomorrow night called The Informer that uh, apparently is uh, based on the what some consider one of the best uh, novels about uh, defecting and being a traitor and that sort of thing uh, that may well be worth watching because I noticed it's a four-star <coughs> recommendation there. They actually have a special feature this month on films, depictions of Russia in uh, American film. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I missed that over the holidays. Um, but uh, that's fascinating. And it's interesting that just in the most recent edition of The Nation magazine, uh, the... Uh, sort of holiday, their break uh, uh, special in which they combine two editions into one while uh, their uh, folks take a little vacation, which, of course, here in America we, we need more of, more vacations, has an interesting um, discussion of the uh, fiefdom of J. Edgar Hoover and how uh, he began uh, attacking uh, a famous uh, nation correspondent named Fred Cook who uh, Hoover calls a hiss apologist. Oh. And uh, apparently in a memo, J. Edgar Hoover fumes, and according to the author here, uh, Richard uh, Lingaman, fumes that uh, he, he seems to have taken Cook's 1958 article personally, uh, in which uh, basically Cook took to task... Uh, uh, the uh, FBI smear campaign against the nation on the uh, 18th of October, 1958. And uh, basically the FBI thought that the uh, nation's FBI issue was part of a communist plot to discredit the Bureau. 
and that Hoover wrote, I can't understand with all of our alleged contacts and informants, we had no inkling of Cook's article in the nation. I think we should discreetly get a line on this man, his background and his associations for current article just didn't bloom. It is planned literary garbage, a barrage against the FBI by a dedicated hiss apologist. <laughs> the inner workings of J. Edgar Hoover. And I want to point out that the modern FBI is nothing like the FBI of J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, for the most part, it is professional. There are clearly flaws in some of their investigations, but the COINTELPRO and the spying on uh, ordinary Americans, and in fact keeping the Communist Party going, as, as Hoover yeah. successfully did during the 50s when it was pretty much more abund as a result of the uh, Stalinist purges of the 30s and even Khrushchev's uh, denunciation of Stalin yeah. in 1956, uh, J. Edgar Hoover still talked about the threat because he had this famous line, the Bolsheviks started out with 12 people. <laughs> Well, and it's pretty clear, too, that his obsession with communism was at least partly inspired by his need to find something other than the very real danger and threat of criminal activities from organized crime, Yeah, which, of course, had a pretty sizable hold on him. Yeah, and, and he seems to have been clearly involved in uh, contributing to the, the sort of post-war, Second World War, uh, Red Scare that led to mm -hmm. McCarthyism. It's uh, quite clear from all of the I've been reading about ten books simultaneously cross-referencing cross things and really examining the actual dates in which uh, things get going here. Uh, the FBI, for the record, did begin uh, surveilling Alger Hiss and his uh, family and, quote, associates in 1945, well before the case broke. So when Chambers kind of came out of the uh, the wilderness, so to speak, um, and denounced Hiss as a uh, communist. He said he was a communist and may still be one, but uh, the, the case is still mired in a lot of uh, conflicting uh, claims and counterclaims, and at the end of the day, uh, came down to the infamous pumpkin papers that uh, uh, Chambers produced uh, in December of 1948 oh. after he denied that he had any uh, such things or that the Ware Group and Hiss had ever been engaged in, quote, espionage. Um, he did it, he said, to protect Alger Hiss. But it is quite clear from my reinvestigation of some of the facts that uh, Whitaker Chambers was being given information by the FBI to then make new statements and new claims against Hiss while this case sort of uh, turned into a uh, interesting debate about the policies of the New Deal and uh, the cold, uh, the... Uh, creation of the United Nations mm -hmm. and Yalta. And these, of course, became rallying cries of uh, the conservative movement uh, that Chambers was part of. Uh, he eventually began to work for William F. Buckley and, of course, was uh, a big fan of Richard Nixon, though not of Joe McCarthy, interestingly, uh, Whitaker Chambers, that is. Uh, so it's a very fascinating historical reference, and it's uh, quite ironic that this... Uh, the Files Tale, red-baited by the FBI, uh, has a brief article about the smear campaign by the FBI against the Nation magazine. And needless to say, the preeminent historian uh, on the Hiss case, uh, a guy named Alan Weinstein, 
had an FBI file opened up by J. Edgar Hoover in 1969 when Hoover caught wind of the fact that he was beginning to reinvestigate the case. <laughs> so s Hoover was obsessed with the case. He was worried about what would come out of the woodwork regarding the FBI's performance, uh, which uh, can only be characterized as unobjective and uh, part of uh, an interesting campaign to claim that there was a massive communist conspiracy uh, connected with the New Deal, Yalta, and the creation of the United Nations. Well, yeah, the uh, accusation from the far right of the conservative, you know, at movement at that time was that FDR gave Europe away, yeah. and that Yalta was the the secret treaty that basically gave the game away to international communism. Yeah, which of course is all false. Uh, FDR, um, of course, was was ailing in. Uh, uh, early 1945 when Yalta occurred, but uh, he recognized the facts on the ground. He was not interested in starting a second war with the Soviet Union. In fact, he had, in, he had actually used his entire uh, foreign policy um, throughout the, 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 the Second World War period to create a, a Wilsonian idea of collective security, mm -hmm. an idea of the United Nations in which China, Russia, Great Britain and the United States, and not France, for the record, uh, would, uh, quote, be the policeman of the world, that there would be a creation of a United Nations that would uh, deal with uh, um, upstarts or problem countries that Germany and Japan had proven to be throughout the 20th century, and that um, because Hiss was involved in the creation of the United Nations basically as a paper pusher, but not a string puller. This is where the uh, the idea that his somehow had this big influence on foreign policy itself is uh, completely erroneous. FDR ran foreign policy as a very closed, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, concept with mainly Sumner Wells and Harry Hopkins as his main uh, t top advisors. Cordell Hall was used um, as a sort of liaison with Congress. And it's ironic that Cordell Hall is the one that got the Nobel Peace Prize mm. for the creation of the UN and not, uh, well, FDR was dead, but he's the one that got credit for it, um, even though it was really an FDR idea and that there were internal battles within the State Department about the, the whole future of post-war Germany and how to deal with the Soviets, et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting historical stuff. and. Um, very relevant, I think, t to today because the communism bugaboo has some amazing uh, resemblances to terrorism and the overuse, the way the word is thrown around uh, for political purposes and a lot hysteria. Of a lot of theater, a lot of melodramatic theater was generated by both. Yeah. Well, looks like we're being given the signal to uh, sign out here. Uh, I think uh, Yazoo City uh, Calling will be up and ready to go soon. I want to quickly urge uh, listeners to check out the film The Road, which is at the State Theater, I think only through this week. Uh, it's not being widely distributed because it's so bleak. Bleak. But uh, it is a pretty powerful film, and uh, I'm currently reading the book as well. Recommend that. It's a couple years old, but uh, quite good stuff. All righty. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks to Andrew for engineering this evening. You have been listening to Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling, coming up next.